they're going to bring in Mo or Daly. Batances is going to depart. And it looks like it's going to be Mo. Greatness coming into the Yankee game for the final time here in the Bronx. Number 32, Mariano Rivera. Number 42. Episode 97 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by NYYSportsTalk.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And it's Stack Guy Rye. What up? So you got your own signature open. Now, I noticed you've been doing that a lot lately. Like, do you sing? No, sometimes, sometimes he does do yo after me. Mm-mm. Never, never do I say yo after you say yo. Okay, except you, for one you time. Know, maybe. No, you want to know something? I'm gonna prove you wrong. If you can show that I did that, I'm more actually because I we did are it once. going to go to right from here. You guys don't know it yet because I'm gonna edit it right in. But we're actually gonna phase into how many times you've said yo in the podcast right now. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Chris. You. And Stack Guy Rye. Yo. My co-host Chris. You. And Stack Guy Rye. Yo, yo. My co-host Chris. You. And it's Stack Guy Rye. Yo. By my co-host Chris. You. And Stack Guy Rye. Yo. All right. So when you listen to this podcast, Rye, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you can send me a text apologizing. I will. And then if I it's will more make than it once. public. If it's, if it's more, more than, than once. once. If it's more than once. And now it's me saying yo after you said Correct. yo. Correct. I will make this, the text public. Okay. And I'll post it with the podcast. Okay. Deal? Deal. Okay. okay. Why are we wasting everybody's time with this? Just to, for me to prove Chris always has to try and prove me wrong. And he rarely so does Because you're so wrong. You're so wrong. But so however, wrong. I was going to also give however, you a compliment. However, I okay. love... When you do the what up. All right, I'll do it every time now. New signature opener. In a little song. A little okay. Yeah, I'll do a little harmony little maybe jingle. next time. We could all we could all get in on it. Well, you know what I heard? I heard that a special guest from the fan wanted to stop by and do a little a little harmony of his own. So uh, let's bring in that special guest right now. Oh hey fellas, it's me, John Minko. Hey, you ever hear this song? Grandpa Shark I'm John Minko Mike, come on in here with me. Okay, okay, we got Minko Shark by my app to do I bumped the price Anyone who has kids wants to fucking blow their brains out right now. Why you don't think it's a good song? Oh my god. It's the worst thing ever. I love I it's catchy. I sing it. 
Missing it all the time. I don't have kids, and I go out of my way to listen to it. I know. You got my son hooked on it. I did not. He was listening to it already. He it's was so sitting in awful. front of the TV watching it. If you've it. never heard it, anyone who's listening to this right now, please go leave us a rating and review first, if you're going to leave this podcast right now, and then YouTube Baby Shark, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. It's miserable. I don't think anybody in this world really has not listened to Baby Shark yet. I think you're wrong, because I have kids I didn't even know about it until you. Yeah. Well, what was Jack doing then? Well, what were you doing that you knew it? Right. Yeah. I like, heard about it on. Yeah, don't don't question the two year old. <laughs> don't question me as a parent for not knowing what my kids are involved in because I'm listening to <laughs> other people talk about it on the radio. Oh my god, miserable. Speaking of miserable, who me? Yeah, you. I'm so I've never been happier, man. You say that every week, but every week you're more miserable than the last one. Maybe you're the miserable one, and you're projecting your emotions onto no, me. No, that would be incorrect. No, it wouldn't be. Let's bring Stat Guy Rye in here. How you, what's, what's up, up Stat Guy Rye? Not much. I feel like sometimes we ignore him. No, I'm just. I think he I'm deserves it sometimes. I'm that guy, Rye. That guy, Rye. He's that guy. You know who that guy is, though. Who? That guy is the first unanimous selection into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That guy wore number 42 for the New York Yankees. That guy is a five-time world champion. That guy leads Major League Baseball in career saves. That guy is the greatest to ever play his position in Major League history. That guy, did I sell it enough? You want me to go one more? I think you could go one more. That guy is referred to as the hammer of God. That guy is Mariano Rivera. And you could even go as far as saying he's the greatest athlete at their respective position in any major sport across the board. See, the thing is, uh, I heard people arguing that, that at his position, or for his position, just that he's the greatest to ever play the position. You know, because you think about it, like, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all it's time? It's still debatable. Like, I think I he is. You, I can give you 10 other guys. But you it, can debate it, right? Yeah. But you can't debate Mo. No, you cannot. You is can Michael say, Jordan the greatest basketball player of all time? Uh, You definitely have a case if you say yes, but but you, someone's going to fight you on LeBron, right? LeBron, mm. Oscar, uh, Oscar Robertson. Larry you know, Bird. Larry, the Birdman, Coco Beware. Patrick Ewing. No, absolutely Magic not. Magic Johnson. Kobe. Unless... Uh, I don't know. Maybe hockey is Wayne Gretzky undisputed. No, no, I don't. I don't think he's undisputed. No, he's up there. He's, I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to be he's if the you guy a, for hockey. If you have a room of a hundred people, they ninety of them might say Wayne Gretzky. If yeah, you but, have a room, what this proved was, if you have a room of you know four hundred and twenty-five or whatever people, and you ask them who the best closer is, they're all going to say Mariano Rivera. All right, we got a little sidetrack there off on uh, talking about something a little bit different here because we then said, you know, Gretzky, hockey, Jordan, basketball, but we're talking about a singular position here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can always find somebody that will debate you on any player at any other position that somebody else is better than them. Right. You know, Jordan was a, you know, was he, he was a shooting guard, right? Right. I'm, I don't know anything about basketball. Yeah, so somebody also. will give you 10 other guys that were shooting guards. Well, maybe not 10 other, but they'll give you a handful of other guys 
that maybe they'll say, oh, you know, uh, you know, they did this better than Michael Jordan, so mm-hmm. maybe or you know, yeah, they shot a three, the three better than Jordan. Or you know, what was like what was Gretzky? I don't know a lot about hockey. Was Gretzky a center? You know, I don't know. He's not sure. He's a power forward. I don't fucking. I don't know. I don't know if they're called power forwards. That's basketball. But, you know, somebody. I'm sure forwards. somebody will say There's that wingers. Mario Lemieux. If they put, I don't know. Yeah, Sidney Crosby could even be know, thrown in there now. You cannot. Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. You can't. But you can't say that Trevor Hoffman is better than Mariano no, Rivera. Absolutely. You not. can't say that Lee Smith was better than Mariano Rivera. You can't say that. I don't. Like Craig Kimbrell is better than. Oh, Mariano but he's projected Rivera. to be. No. He's not. There's no projected to be. I do think Brady is making the case to make it very, very hard to argue that but, he, he has any competition as the best of all and time. And that might at his be, position. but you're still going to have guys right. who debate it. You're not over generations. Any generation, whether it's a 80-year-old guy, a 50-year-old guy, a 30-year-old guy, over generations, you're not going to have anyone who watched Mariano Rivera tell you that he's not the greatest closer of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's been a longer history of quarterbacks than there has been of a closer of Mariano's role. The the position has changed and it, you know, has evolved and become a lot more important. Yeah, it really hasn't it didn't even really exist until the 70s. Well, Goose Gossage Goose Gossage has a stick up his ass. He does. He th- he thinks oh, I that when three he innings, right guys. exactly nobody so, cares. Shut your mouth. He thinks that he should get more credit. He's like an entitled little bitch. Really, that's what it just sounds like. <laughs> hope hope he doesn't listen he was to this. A, pod. Actually, a big fan of the pod. That's what you're doing, bro. <laughs> he just comes off as bitter. Like yeah, he yeah. is bitter. You know, we understand. You're, you're in the Hall of Fame, though, bro. So what do you? You know, you were you were part of a couple of world championship teams. Like, what do you got to be upset over? I just you know how the Yankees like they always do the right things. They always do right by people. They seem to, you know, they're obviously a class act organization. They seem to have like a handful of guys that they rubbed the wrong way. And it a lot of that was George Steinbrenner, especially with Yogi Berra, Susan Waldman, uh, Bernie Williams, Reggie Jackson, right? What would George do if he was alive? He would piss people off. That's what he would do. But Goose definitely seems to have that chip chip on his shoulder. And he never was able to like talk it through because George died and that was it. And it just seems like he's always going to be his issue with George or his issue with the fact that nobody really, well, nobody, nobody really, puts him at the level he thinks he should be at. Right. But he's a Hall of Famer. Right. I mean, how much higher do you want to be? But that's not the Yankees putting him in the Hall of Fame. You know, he still has a grudge. He's holding a grudge. I don't know enough about what his grudge is. I don't. Other than I know he's a little upset that uh, closers today get more pumped than they did in his day. Well, whatever, bro. Like, get over it. Get like, over it. You know, you, I'm sure you're living a nice life. You're in the Hall of Fame. You got World Series rings. I mean, what could you have a better career than that? A world champion in the Hall of Fame? It's got to be tough for those guys that played the game at such a high level, but back then compared to now with how much these guys are getting paid now compared to what do you think goose made yearly when he played? I don't know. Did he probably didn't um, even make a hundred thousand, maybe he made a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, way more than that. He wasn't making millions. It was hard to get million dollar contracts in the seventies. Really? Yeah. 
even in the 70s, it was tough to just get a million dollars. Catfish Hunter like broke records. Because I thought like I thought in the early 80s when Steinbrenner signed like Winfield and whatever, he signed them to like 14 million dollar contracts. Yeah, that was like a total over over years. Yeah. Really? Think I thought about it was it. Reggie like Jackson, a year. Reggie Jackson, didn't he break the record for highest free agent contract? He was only making five million dollars a year when he really? signed the Yankees. So wow. you know, uh, maybe these guys were making nine hundred thousand a million bucks, something like that. But you know, uh, give that to us, we're happy. But I guess in comparison from the seventies to today, it's you know, it's obviously it's peanuts. But yeah, well, not really though. When gas was like a nickel and going to the movies was fifty cents. Compared to now, you spend how much? At, you're a big movie guy. How much money you spend before you even sit in your seat in the movies? I don't know. If you go with you and your wife, say, or you and another person. I don't know. If you go and you're door, paying, you're paying. I don't know. If it, what, what is it if you go at night? Because it's different. If you go in the morning, it's like six bucks. No, I'm talking at, prime time. I don't know. You 12, go, 50, 12 13 50, bucks. I think, yeah. Even like these nicer movie theaters now, aren't they like twenty bucks a ticket? I don't know. Pro- no, not popcorn that much. is like it's like you're at Yankee Stadium well, during who, a playoff game. Who eats who eats movie theater popcorn? <laughs> Come on! I saw last time. Not when I went to go see Creed two with this knucklehead, but the first time I went to go see it, I saw the greatest life hack I've ever seen in my life. This girl took a straw and stuck it in the middle of the popcorn bucket and poured the butter right. through the straw. Yeah, so you get the popcorn on the bottom there yeah, with some butter. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Wow. So Goose Gossage, his contract with the Yankees, he signed a six-year deal worth an average of 458000 a year. Oh, my God. So I was right. It was more than 100000 but my God, I mean. Is that what he's upset over, money? Go sign some autographs. Well, wasn't then. he upset over? No, I don't. I don't think he's upset not, about money. Uh, I think he's just. It just adds. He wasn't to invited the, to spring training to yeah, be that's like an it, instructor. Yeah, he was. That's what it is. Hurt over it. But it again. That's just like you know when you hold emotion in for so long and then like one little thing just right, snaps. Like set him off. Makes you snap. That was it. I it was, can't believe we wasted four minutes talking about yeah, Goose Gossage. Well, maybe we'll get him on the show. Bum. Maybe I'll email him. And put him on the old bums team. <laughs> We were tr- we uh, we're having a party for your daughter. Mm-hmm. She turned seven. Happy birthday, Leah! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Love you. Um, we were about to get into a heated debate, and I told everybody to shut the fuck up so <laughs> we could talk about it on the pod. Right. Big debate amongst you know because we're in that we're in a weird week in sports where. It's the off week in between the Super Bowl, so there's really nothing to talk about because the local teams are garbage in hockey. And I mean, the Islanders aren't, but who gives a shit about the Islanders? The, the Nets are having a good season. Yeah, the Nets Brooklyn. are, but I mean, how much are you going to talk about the Nets? So, Not like, a lot. the Knicks and Rangers aren't very good. The Yankees and Mets have been quiet recently. The Knicks, oof. So, you know, with this Hall of Fame um, announcement earlier in the week, it gave people something to talk about. So now, you know, because people have to manufacture stories, it was Mariana Rivera, the first unanimous player ever to be elected in the Hall of Fame. Does that mean he's the greatest baseball player of all time? No, it does not mean that. And it just means to me that the writers finally got it right. Because for a long, long time, I have always disagreed with the way people voted for the Hall of Fame. I just because Babe Ruth didn't get 100%, just because 
you know, mm-hmm. Mickey Mantle didn't get 100% doesn't mean that you should punish a, another player for that. Ken Griffey Jr. should have been a 100% stone lock, unanimous vote for the Hall of Fame. But some jagoff didn't vote for him because Ty Cobb didn't get 100% of the vote. Why is that Ken Griffey Jr.'s fault? Because somebody, some asshole in the 40s or whatever, you know, they voted for him to be in the Hall of Fame had a grudge against him. Can I, I just want to make a point because this is what I was trying to get at when we were downstairs when you told me to shut up, which I agreed with. I want to first start by saying I'm really disappointed in Major League Baseball, in all the um, reporters, analysts, all the stations, radio stations, I feel like, yes, this was talked about a lot and it should have been, but I feel like it was a major down downplay. And I get it. I get part of that, right? It's either win or lose Hall of Fame. Who cares really in the grand scheme of things, how many, what percentage of the vote you got? You're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer, right? But I asked you the question downstairs, is Mariano Rivera the greatest baseball player of all time? We can all three sit here as much as we love Mo and as much as we respect what he did and easily say no. Correct? I just said it three minutes ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. We can all three say that. So what does this mean? What does it mean that Babe Ruth, who's considered the greatest of all time, still had 11 writers not vote for him? King Griffey Jr. It means had he what? Ate one? The la- he ate the last hot dog and they were still hungry. No, what it means is, what it means is there's still, we know this. Things didn't change overnight. There's still asshole writers out there who want to vote against someone for their own prerogative, even if it's just one guy. Mariano Rivera, what he was able to accomplish on the field and off the field for Major League Baseball, for all of us as fans, took that doubt, took that, um, took that urge away from everyone, anyone filling out that ballot, because they couldn't sit there and honestly say he didn't deserve to get the vote. That's what it proved. He was the first player ever, not the greatest, the first player ever to take away that doubt in any writer's mind, no matter how badly they didn't want to vote for him, for whatever personal reason they had, they just couldn't do it. They had to. They had to vote for him. That's what this means. Somebody brought this up on the fan earlier this week. I would like to give it credit to whoever said it, but I can't remember at the moment. We're in a different age right now. Remember that guy in Boston, that guy that came out and said that he wasn't going to vote for Mariano Rivera and then ended up voting for Mariano Bill Rivera? Bill Bayou or whatever. Yeah. We're in a different age right now. He came out and he said that to get clicks to his website, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what happened? He got publicly shamed. He got, you know, torn apart in the comments section. And, you know, we're in the Twitter age now. So these guys... You know, when these public these ballots are becoming public, they don't want to deal with that. So they're just going to vote, you know. And Do you think it's a bad thing or a good thing I think that they're a, being held more accountable? I think it's a good thing because, you know, in the 70s when these guys were coming up to be voted for in the Hall of Fame, you didn't know anything until you came out in the newspaper. But here's something to argue your point. You technically still have the ability to cast your ballot anonymously yeah but a lot of these guys we still we knew over half of them but it was being reported that this bill by you guy whatever however the hell you say his stupid ass name it was being reported by a lot of guys that he wasn't even getting a ballot to to vote that wasn't true i 
obviously know that. He had a ballot to vote. What the thing was is that he what he was going to abstain from voting. Mm. Who's what is the exact criteria? Because obviously there's more than 425. You have to be writing for a certain amount of years. Okay. In the IBB. You have to be a National Baseball Writers Association of America member. And you have to have X number of years writing. Mm. Act, I think it's consecutively. You need 10 consecutive years on the baseball beat. On the beat. On, on the, the beat. beat. No. Brian Hoke doesn't have a vote yet because he hasn't been on the beat. Let's get on the beat, bro. He's got, he's got to stick with the beat like the boom, boom. <laughs> you want to get on the beat? Let's get on the beat. All right. So in uh, 2029, we'll have a Hall of Fame vote. Who are okay. you going to vote for? Mo. Mo. <laughs> right in. <laughs> Can you do right in? So... So to you, obviously, as a Yankee fan, this is a big deal. As a baseball fan, it's a big deal. But to you personally, putting everything else aside of what Mo did in his career and everything, do you think it really is that big of a deal? Because Mike Francesa said, and I was listening to it live, and I really love Mike Francesa. A lot of people think he's an asshole. He Uh definitely is. Mm -hmm. He definitely Uh is. But that's what I love about him because he's just brutally honest. I thought he down... fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he downplayed this... And it was almost like a slap in the face to his listeners. He said this was his excuse for downplaying it. I mean, you, you got a guy Babe Ruth didn't get 11 votes. So you think this is a big deal? Come on. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't. I Look, I'm glad that it happened to a Yankee. But it doesn't mean as much as I think you think it means because it should have happened already. It's not. But it didn't, though. But not. But through no fault of anybody but not, the writers. But the writers. It's no fault that Ken. It's not Ken Griffey Jr.'s fault that he wasn't a hundred percent Hall of Famer. Right. But it doesn't. I still think that if Mariano Rivera was on the ballot with Ken Griffey Jr. even back then, I don't know and had the it. career and everything, he would have still been unanimous. I think that there are still guys just like Mariano Rivera who will be on this ballot where writers, no matter how much exposure they have. They will still vote no for their own prerogative. And I think what Mo did in the grand scheme of things of saying he got 100%, yeah, it's not a big deal. But when you really break it down of what he was able to accomplish by taking that that doubt out of all the writers' hands when they're making, casting that ballot... That says a lot more but than did anybody. Da- but whoever didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr., did they doubt that he wasn't a Hall of Famer? No, but no, they, but had they their doubted own, but, that he was a unanimous Hall of Famer. But, well, their own prerogative was was a greater power to them than than what kind them. of fucking moron looks at you? Here's here's the thing: you get your ballot, right? You see Ken Griffey Jr.'s name on it. What kind of fucking moron are you that you don't think he's a Hall of Famer? Someone Maybe who you has. say you know he didn't stay his entire career with Seattle. When he went to Cincinnati, he wasn't the same player. He got injured a lot. And he just never and he still returned hit 600 to form. Home runs? Yes. No. I'm not saying he's not a I Hall of Famer. But I'm he's using right. the argument that he there were would arguments. Justify it. There were arguments that a writer who wanted to be a douchebag could say, "Yeah, I'm not voting for well, him." Why didn't they say that about Rivera? Because they couldn't. Mariano Rivera missed the, an entire season. Doesn't matter. They couldn't. He could have been a compiler. They couldn't. He pitched 20 because years. You want to know the difference between King Griffey Jr. He was a compiler. He and, had 20 years. And Mariano Rivera. It proved that it's not just what you do on the field. You want to know why? You want to know the biggest reason, probably why Rivera had a hundred percent of the vote? 
It wasn't a douchebag to anybody. That's what I'm saying. I just think there's there's can it's hard to Can you look up Ken Griffey Jr.'s yeah, totals, please? I have his numbers here. And he really he fell off when he went to Cincinnati. I know he did, but that doesn't I mean, change anything. And and before you go into Ken Griffey Jr.'s numbers, to your point, Rye, when he was in Cincinnati, you saw the decline. Which was half of his career. He was Ba- almost, almost how half his career was, was in Cincy. It? How perfect was or it? Or Chicago, and Chicago a little. No, he was just Seattle. washed up in mm, Chicago. Yeah, yeah no. Nah, how nah, perfect yeah. was it that when Mariano Rivera left the game, he was still the greatest closer in baseball? And plus another thing, too, you can argue, yeah, Griffey was a great regular season player. I don't have his postseason. Oh, actually, I do here. He was... He was a pretty good postseason guy, but he only played in four postseason series. It's not his fault, though. No, I'm not saying it's his fault, but it's also not Mariano's fault that he was able to prove himself at such an elite level. I mean, you look at this I mean, guy. that is his fault. <laughs> right. You're, you're right. But he was also presented that opportunity because yes, he, he, he was played on for much the better, better teams. Team. Yes. But, I mean, this guy, unbelievable postseason numbers for Mariano. So you use that as another reason for why... He, uh, you know, was the first ever unanimous. To he me, eight and one in the postseason. What What do you think his ERA was career postseason in sixteen years, thirty two series compared to the four nine. series under of one, one point seven nine under one, point seven oh. More um, men have walked on the moon, moon than scores. have scored yes. runs on Mariano Rivera in the postseason. One hundred and forty one innings, eight and one with a point seven, which holds absolutely no merit unless you actually say how many guys he's faced in the postseason right like well, what if he only faced five guys well in the you're postseason? a dummy if you don't know how right but what i'm saying is he's well 141 that stat, innings. that stat is so impressive because right. of the history he had in the postseason i mean it's he, freaking crazy. you break down it you break down the series too he never had it over a one era in any of the well uh, somebody series. called um boomer and geo uh i believe it was well, we're recording late Saturday night, so I think it was Friday morning. Uh, somebody called up and said that Mo shouldn't have been a Hall of Famer at all. Because, <laughs> at all? At all, because apparently there's a list of the 100 worst blown saves in the history of Major League Baseball, and Rivera's on, on there four times. <laughs> okay, which I can only think of two. I'm going to give you four of them right now. You, well, got, I can give you, you got the classic, you Luis got, Gonzalez. Yeah, you got Luis Gonzalez. You have the Red Sox you got in 04. Twice. Yeah, what, game four game, and five? Game four and five. You got hung with a so bone. That's three. But, yeah, and I forget what the other one was. But one of those games in, in 2004, weren't the Yankees up big and they like gave it up and had to go to Mo? Tom Gordon didn't do his job Ugh. in one of those games. Ugh, just a terrible year, though. Let's forget. He was, just a, he was a terrible person, Tom Gordon. I'm not, I hate Tom Gordon. I'm sure Flash, he's a Flash loser. Gordon. What about his son, <laughs> D. D Gordon? D. Did you see that? Uh, was it him that put it out, or Major League Baseball, where he was standing on like a crate? So it yeah, looked, it looked like he was as tall as he photoshopped himself into <laughs> next to pictures of like Aaron Judge and stuff. So he's see, tiny. I'm, I'm not that small, guys. <laughs> he's tiny, <laughs> but. At the end of the day, does it matter? Does it really matter? No. What matters is that he's a Hall of Famer. I just think that when you want to compare Mariano to guys who also should have been unanimous, a.k.a. Ken Griffey Jr., you don't look at what they did or what they accomplished. You look at what they didn't do. And when you take that list... What didn't Ken Griffey Jr. do, though? Well, he... 
we just named a few things. I mean, he wasn't a guy who was stuck with the same team his entire career. He wasn't a guy who... So he played again, for a small market team. Again, he should have stayed there and not made as much money as he possibly could have? No. I'm not Are saying it's... hold a, that against him? I'm not saying it's necessarily a fault for him. I'm saying I'm naming things of what they didn't do yeah, as and far I'm as... shooting him down. ...in the writer's mind. Well, they're dumbasses. They are. They absolutely are. But those same dumbasses, plus a little more... Voted for Mariano Rivera. Like, you can tell me steroids till you're blue in the friggin' face. Barry Bonds belongs in the friggin' Hall of Fame. And you know what? After this year, it's never going to happen. It's so sad. I thought there was going to be a breakthrough year. I thought one of those guys was going to make it. He was a 30-30 guy before he even touched steroids. He was phenomenal. Barry Bonds is probably the best baseball player since the fifth, like Mickey Mantle. What was his final 752? Two? How many home runs did he have? I don't know. We have a stack guy. He can look. Seven sixty three. Something. Yeah, yeah. Seven sixty three was his final. Or no, I know seventy three was the record. Look, but let me just say one thing. How many of those seven hundred and whatever home runs he had were off of pitchers who were also on steroids that maybe we just didn't know about? Everybody was juiced up. Yeah, Everyone. The era. Bud Seeley turned his seven sixty two. Seven hundred and sixty two dingers. Steroids didn't make him hit 700 home runs. I'm no. sorry. They just kept him relevant with a, a thousand other guys who were also doing them. How are you going to penalize a guy for doing shit that wasn't even against the rules at the time? Number that's, First of all, that's the first thing that I'm going to say. You're going to penalize them for something that you didn't even outlaw at the time. And Major League Baseball knew what was going on. Yeah. Why didn't they say anything? Kind of what we talked about with Hal and making money. What was happening when all these guys were hitting uh, 50, 60, 70 you know home what? runs Ratings a season? Were through the Do you roof. know what happened in 1994? Baseball had a strike. And what had the World Series was canceled. Right. And guess what happened? They had they a, lot, lost of a lot of money. will mm-hmm. towards the fans. And guess what? All of a sudden, a few years later... Attendance is down, ratings are down, and all of a sudden you got these fucking behemoths that look like uh, their their WWF rejects hitting home. It was it was kind of that year he broke the record. It was a it was a race between him and Sosa for a little bit, right? McGuire. For a long time, it was McGuire and it was Sosa McGuire. in ninety eight. Who was Bonds? Home run? Yeah, Bonds no, you're was right. Nobody. It was McGuire Sosa. It was Bonds wasn't competing no, with anyone no. even for a little bit. No, not, he was not, competing no, you're right. with my mistake with the record. Sosa really. and McGuire. That was pretty. cool. And then he just blew through it. But um, baseball turned turned a blind eye to it all. And there was a guy from the A's, some like bum, but a guy you knew about. If you really read into how all these tests became, uh, you know, a thing. There was a guy from the A's. I can't think of his name. If you if you said it, you would be like, "Oh yeah, I remember him." He kept going to the players' association and saying, "Guys, look at these numbers. I'm telling you, they are using performance enhancing drugs." Blah blah blah. They didn't want anything. They didn't want anything to do with them. Billings, something Billings. Picture. I don't remember. Anyway, he kept bringing it up. Kept bringing it up. Then he made it public, and that's when. Baseball said, okay, we better step in before this gets out of hand. Do you know that Mark McGuire gave an interview at Shea Stadium with a bottle of steroids in his locker in plain view as he's giving the interview? Really? Nobody, yeah, it was no big, nobody cared. Are you going to hold this against Barry Bonds? Come Listen, on. Listen, when you have someone like Andy Pettit admitting to doing it, 
when you have a guy like that, how many, come on, ask yourself, if Andy Pettit's doing it, how many other guys out there were doing it? Anybody. I mean, I would probably say 80% of baseball players were doing it. At that time, absolutely, because A, they knew everyone else was doing it, so they had they felt they needed to keep up, and B, if they didn't, they felt like their entire living, their well-being was going out the window. So do you blame them? Do you blame guys like... See, the thing is, when guys like Barry Bonds, McGuire, Sosa ended up doing them, they they stood out because of how great they were regardless of the steroids. The steroids just put them above everyone else doing the steroids also. Hmm. Think about all the other guys doing steroids that got caught that were nobodies. So clearly steroids don't make you hit 762 home runs in your career. Anybody that's ever played baseball or have taken steroids know that you don't become a Hall of Fame baseball player by taking steroids. You don't. It just it's not how it works. If I started juicing tomorrow, I'm not going to hit a home run off of, uh, you know, Mike Mussina. Right. (laughs) Another Hall of Fame. Another Hall. this is, I think, this is where the argument downstairs, let's get back onto what we were talking about here. I think this is where the argument downstairs was going to get a little heated, is when uh, your father-in-law, I believe, was the one that brought it up, if Derek Jeter was going to be 100% next year. I think he said he wouldn't be. No, I think he said he wouldn't. No, he was fighting me. He said he wouldn't be. I thought Stack Guy Rice said he, he wasn't. He said gonna. he should be. He agreed with you he should be, but he said he won't be. And... I agree. He won't be. I, but, he's, he's, I, but again, this is my whole point. Are we going to do this now? Are we going to go back to this shit? We're like, oh, well, Derek Jeter wasn't even the best player ever in his era, so I can't vote for him. It's either he is or he's not. I right. think you can equate it back to what we started the show with, with the fact that Mariano Rivera is the greatest at his position ever. And you asked this question, was Derek Jeter the greatest at his position ever? No. Undoubted. Without a doubt. He wasn't even ever the best player in a single season. That's where my argument He should have won starts. an MVP. One, uh, he one should year. have. Two You're years. right. Two years he should have. And that's where it ends. He wasn't the best at his position. Guess what, though? He has the six most hits in the history of Major League Baseball. Yes, but you are thinking of it in one aspect of just looking at a piece of paper, seeing Derek Jeter's name, and saying, duh, he's obviously a Hall of Famer. So you vote for I'm him. I'm going to vote for him, but... Let me ask you this. How many votes does each writer get? One. Oh, they get 10. They get 10, right? There will be writers who look at 10 other guys before Derek Jeter and say, yeah, of course, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. 100%. But right now, I still see 10 other guys that I feel deserve the vote before I give it to Derek Jeter. That's stupid. Is it? Yes. I disagree. Because you're you're not you, the way I look at it is you don't look at it as to what other people are doing. You have to look at it as your ballot. Is Derek Jeter a Hall of Famer to you? In, and then if Player X doesn't crack your top ten, you don't vote for him. You don't vote for Player X be, if he's your eleventh player because you know Derek Jeter is going to get ninety percent of the vote. You're supposed to pick the ten guys you think are Hall of Famers. Okay, not leave off one guy because you know a hundred percent he's going to make and, it. And let me just say this: if I had a ballot in front of me and Derek Jeter's name's on it, I'm voting for Derek Jeter because he's saying, a Hall of Famer. Yes, but what I'm saying to you is, when he's not unanimous, I won't be outraged. No, I as w- much as I would be 
if Mariano Rivera w- was wasn't unanimous. No, I just think the whole thing is stupid. I think the way that these guys vote is dumb. I'm actually more shocked that Rivera got 100% of the vote because these guys are they're dumb. They well, let's I'm sorry to insult baseball writers, but you know, the, the guys that vote for the Hall of Fame, they have agendas. Well, they're clicky. And, they're clicky. You know, they, it's just dumb like the, I, if I voted for the Hall of Fame, I would look at my ballot and I would pick the 10 guys that I thought deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I would not leave off Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera or Ken Griffey Jr. or Greg Maddox or Nolan Ryan because somebody else needed that vote. No, he if I need to leave off an all-time great to give you a vote, you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I feel like if Derek Jeter was ever going to be unanimous, it wasn't just going to be, again, his talent. It was going to be because of his reputation with every writer. Derek Jeter was the only guy in any sport I could ever think of that gave the media nothing. Nothing. If you listen to a Derek Jeter interview, it is the most boring, bland answers you could ever think of. But he answered them clev- uh, cleverly. Is that is that the word Clever. I'm looking for? I don't know what Clever. word you look. He was for. clever yeah. when he answered them. He he gave a little humor behind them, and he kept a good relationship with everyone. If Derek Cheetah was ever going to be unanimous, which I always thought he would be, it was going to be because of the relationship he always kept with the writers, with the media. I don't think he has that same relationship anymore. And right, you don't have to look necessarily look this up, but I just want to just spitball real quick. How many other re- relief pitchers do you think are in the Hall of Fame right now? Well, you had Goose and Hoffman. I can't name anyone Christian, besides you're those good two. with shit I don't like know. It's probably less than a dozen. Right. So that was a huge thing, too. These writers have, have shit against relief pitchers because they're not pitching well, every day. Well, look how long it took they're Edgar barely Martinez pitching. to get into the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you're going to look look at it, why? Because he didn't play defense? How many of these guys are really in because they play defense? Right. But like when you really want to look at it like that, not only was Mo the first unanimous player, he did it at a position that really isn't highly regarded by these writers. They don't they don't put a lot of credit behind these relief pitchers. They I do think it's increasing every single year the importance. Sure, of course, because but Mo really didn't play in a time no. where these relief pitchers are now starting to become Every single game, uh, he be, it, he, yeah, it it was starting to turn in the in the early two thousands, right? And I mean, into early nineties, it started to turn where bullpens became more of a factor in games. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm saying, I'm saying, we're talking about like these, uh, what do they call them? Not starting pitchers, uh, openers. openers, and stuff right. like that. Well, we're in a new age of baseball, exactly. Right now. But Mo wasn't a part of that, so yeah, Mo Mo's role evolved and he was had a big part in that and bullpens bullpens became way more important but now they're like everything now teams are trying to form super pens and to doesn't get that, through a season doesn't that make mariano rivera even that much more impressive absolutely because you could look at his stats look at his postseason numbers but the greatest factor to me about mariano rivera was his longevity and the fact that he was able to do it for so many years you do not see that from that position anymore. Look it's at Andrew Miller. It's the guy was on the top of the world, and now he's he's. I mean, he got a nice contract with St. Louis, but he is not the same pitcher he was even two years ago. That's because Mo had a, this a pitch that everyone mm-hmm. knew was coming every single time he released the ball, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't hit it. He had flawless mechanics, still yes. flawless, flawless. Yes. He was consistent. 
Did he have his games where he was off? Sure. But, man, you can't really think of many. No. Out of all the games that he appeared in, you really can't. I remember, I like, one that comes to my mind regular season was against Tampa Bay mm-hmm. for some reason. I remember a game against Tampa Bay. Maybe I was at it. I don't know. But How like, about the uh, 2003 ALCS? He pitched, what, three three innings? Oh, the game seven? That yeah. was one of the greatest performances Aaron, I've ever seen. Aaron Boone's I mean, the hero of that game, obviously. No, Mike Mussina and, and Mo, Mo are the really deserve, I mean, if you anyone, Mo. A big underrated factor in that game, nobody doesn't get enough credit, was Jason Giambi hitting two home runs off of Pedro Martinez. Kept the Yankees close yeah. enough. Wow. But, but, I mean, we could debate that in any big close game, right? Who was the actual hero? That's why, like, Judge gets a lot of shit for not coming up in clutch performances late in games. But in those games, how many times did he hit big home runs in the beginning well, of the game? I've been arguing right. with, with people about John Carl Stan last year. He wasn't clutch. Well, you know what? When the Yankees got off to a big lead early in a game because he hit a grand slam in the first inning. <laughs> right. Right. Everyone's a contributor. In that game, though, man, Mo pitching three of the gutsiest innings of his entire career. Yeah, let's uh, let's move off of this Hall of Fame stuff. Let's uh, talk about actually. Let's not move off. Of, <laughs> let's talk about something else with the Hall of Fame okay. here. Uh, Munch called me up earlier in the week and mm-hmm. uh, wanted me to to pop on talk about the uh, the Hall of Fame. Mo getting in unanimously, and he asked me a very interesting question. He asked me who on the Yankees right now has a shot to get into the Hall of Fame, and he brought up John Carlos Stan. Is John Carlos Stanton a lock to get into the Hall of Fame? And the way I answered it is he's got over th- – right, give me his exact home run total. He's over 300, right? Yes. I believe he's over 300. Yeah, because there was a big milestone he hit in 2018. Yeah. You would figure he's a lock to hit 500 home runs. 305. Yeah. But the key word there is figure. So, like, all these guys, John Carlos Stanton included, that are on the Yankees right now still just aren't – through enough years in this right. in this league where I can he's close enough to 500 where you look at it is 500 still a magic number though oh yeah is it 500 home runs meant you were a Hall of Famer oh, if John yeah. Carl Stan hits 510 mm. home runs in his career is he a Hall assuming of Famer? he never gets um, caught taking any PEDs or anything like that yeah sure he's clean his whole life he's clean yeah his I, whole think, I think Him that's a golden ticket pants. I think that's a golden ticket yeah Right? Was he wearing I'm, flower I'm pants? Up rose, I'm looking rose, up rose, uh, rose pants. Rose pants. Joey Gallows. Rose is a, f- a freaking flower. Yeah, flower pants, rose pants. Whatever. I'm just being specific. Right, but yeah, I mean, I still think that's a that's a golden ticket item there. That's a express ticket to uh, the Hall of Fame for sure. I mean, I threw out a couple names like, you know, because he called me off guard with the question a little bit. I was trying to think through things, you know. Does Judge have a shot to make the Hall of Fame? I, I don't know if he's going to have the longevity at this point in his career. Yeah, he came up late. So, but yeah, I mean. I mean, but if he dominates where he has like six or seven, 45, 50 home run seasons. Of course, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely possible. Sevy could be a guy. I mean, he's still 24 years old and he's already won 30 games in the major league. And then guys like, you know, Torres and Andujar right now are obviously way too early in their career. But you know who? And you're not even going to mention him because I. Sanchez. Huh? The big guy. Sanchez. CC. Exactly. That was right before I was going to get 
he was going to ask me another question. It just CC's a guy that's going to get a lot of consideration in six years for the Hall of Fame. What are CC's career numbers right now, Rye? They're pretty respectable. I don't. He'll be he'll be right on the on the cusp. He's 246 wins. He's going to win 250 games. 3.7 ERA career. Little high. He's 14 Ks away from 3,000. That's, That's a lot. the key. Yep. 250 and he's win. 30 innings away from 3,500 total innings. 3,000 strikeouts, 250 wins. It used to be the big number was 300 for pitchers, but no one's going to win 300 games anymore. It's just not going to happen. These guys don't pitch enough innings. They don't make enough starts. It's going to be nearly impossible for somebody to win 300 and games. And pitching is looked at so much differently now than it was, um, you know, even just 10, 15 years ago. You look at CeCe's numbers and you just say, was he really good? Yes. Was he great? At times in his career, yes, he was. Sure, at times he was. But, you know, then you have a guy like Moose who... Some of his numbers, like I know wins don't matter anymore, um, but you look at how many games above 500 he was in his career, it was outstanding. I think everybody that that is at least that many games over 500 is in the Hall of Fame. Right. But his ERA is high. It's like 3-6 for his career. Right. So Moose was kind of a guy that you can compare to CC for me where he was really good, really consistent his entire career, but he was never great he was never like the greatest he was never a guy who cc's won a cy young so there were years he was the best pitcher in the league mike musina was never the best pitcher in the league it they say that the biggest argument for mike musina was that he was consistent his entire career yes or no chris that was a great comparison musina with sabathia you look at his career numbers are very similar career total wins for moose 270 CC won't get there. Career ERA, 3.68. Yeah, that's very common. Innings pitched, 3,562. 3,562. How, How many, many strikeouts? strikeouts? Yeah. 2,813. Very close. Very, very similar. So, I don't know, guys. But, and look and at how many. Sabathia's got but, a Cy Young. Hold on. Look at how many seasons Moose had at least 19 wins. And then look One, at his. Look two. at. He had two seasons of 19 or more. Okay. And Three, how, um, actually, sorry. Okay. And how many losses did he have in those seasons? Respectively, nine, 11, nine. Okay. And you, when you take it over, how, what was the most amount of losses Moose had in one season? What is your fucking point? 15. He went it. 11 and 15 in 2000 with the Baltimore Orioles. Just get to your point. Because My point is that he was always consistent. He always went out there and won a lot more games than he lost. Usually he did. You're right. And Except C. for C. his Sabathia second to last year with the Yankees. No, I'm saying I'm 10. comparing the two. I'm saying that you can yes make or no. that argument. Yes or no, Mike Mussina. Don't even. I don't want to hear anything out of your mouth other than yes or no. Is Mike Mussina? I know he's a Hall of Famer, but in your mind, is he a Hall of Famer? No, no. I didn't think so. You're both going with no. No. But I also I have I didn't get to experience Mussina enough. You as didn't much get as, the Moose experience. Yeah, I didn't Moose was full. a genius. He was truly a genius on the mound. I mean, one of my favorite baseball memories was watching his no-hit bid. With and Carl Everett. The ending wasn't my favorite, but it's it's one of my more vivid memories. I don't think as he is, but I'm not arguing the fact that he no. made it. No, you, me neither. When you talk about a pitcher. I never got, 
when you watch Mariano Rivera, you knew you were watching a right. whole excellence, famer. excellence, yes. right? You never Moose like is me, more that borderline guy. He was a very good player. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Same with CeCe. But to your argument, he was the best in the league at times. So for me, it's a no. But when you want to talk about what a pitcher is and what a pitcher should be, as far as mentality, knowing how to pitch, there's a lot of guys, even Mo said it, there were times in his career before he became the guy he really was, he didn't know how to pitch. Moose always knew how to pitch. He was a step above everyone. And that's something that I think the writers really appreciated. And that's why he got into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Ran a couple polls on my uh, Twitter. You can follow me at Christian underscore NYYST. Uh, one was scientific. One was not. <laughs> uh, we'll start. Please, with the- for any listener who didn't hear that, if maybe this is their first episode listening, please tell the listeners what a scientific poll is. A scientific poll is a poll that gets over twelve, that has over twelve hundred votes on it. And NASA made that official, correct? No, NASA. That's just what they call it—a scientific poll. I don't know. Like when you see, like the president is polling at this. It's a scientific poll. It's because they polled twelve hundred people. I don't know where they came up with that friggin' number, but that's what it is. So you're scientific. Keep going. One is, and one is not. We'll start the non-scientific one first. Uh, this was a more of a. This was a fun question to ask. As a Yankee fan, what was more fun to watch? Mo getting in a lefty's kitchen and breaking his bat, or Watching that lefty stare at a perfectly painted cutter on the outside corner. All right, so I can answer Watching this. a righty stare at the corner. No, lefty. When no. he used to paint the outside. Yeah, yeah. With his cutter? Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. Y- yes. Mo was a righty. The cutter goes this way. Yeah. He used to paint it on the on back the door. Yeah. Oh, I see you what you're saying. Got it. I see what you're saying. Come on, bro. This is, door. We're right, talking right, scientific right, right. I forgot we were here. You didn't know stuff. he threw the back door cutter? I wasn't prepared. So as a... You don't see that anymore. I know, I know. But listen, as a genuine voter of your poll, I took at least five minutes to five? truly. Yeah, I did. I was, I went to click broken bat and I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, the broken bats were great. But how great was it Dying. when you yes. when you watch Mo throw this pitch and you watch the look on the batter's <laughs> face as it painted the corner. Why was his face like that? Because it was a great pitch? No, his face was like that because, yeah, it was a great pitch, obviously, but they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. They knew that Mo was going to paint the back door with that cutter, and they still couldn't get the bat off their shoulder. 53% voted for the broken bat, but I think they're wrong. Really? Oh, they voted broken bat? Yes, they're wrong. Sorry, they were, your it, opinion is wrong. No, yeah, you know you can have your opinion, but it, they're wrong to you. Yeah, because I, your opinion is that with mine. It was a lot sweeter watching him just just dot it right on that corner in big spots, man. Like boom, second and third, two strikes on the batter, and he would just paint it. And what would Mo do? Mo would just walk, walk off right the off field, the mound, get the ball from Jorge. Did he ever show any really only like, when they won a big game? Uh, in 90, when he, he fell to his, I remember the most, it was two that really stick out to me. 98, the 98 World Series was the first year he was the closer. And then the and one when he did the spin. Was that after 2009? That was the Subway Series, I want to say. I think he did the spin in 2009. 
Was yeah, the spin was two thousand nine. But yeah. that wasn't even that when he dropped to when he dropped to his knees in ninety eight. Ninety eight. And then when he just collapsed on the mound after Boone hit the home run in two thousand three. Yes, but the big difference was that he wasn't mid game when he collapsed to on the mound. But that was still like Yeah. Out of character for him but in like, a sense. That's what made his final appearance at Yankee Stadium so special. This was a guy who was emotionless, a guy who was fearless, a guy who you didn't know what he was thinking, what he was feeling, just collapse in the arms of Andy Pettit, a guy who he played his entire career with pretty much, uh, and Jeter, and that's what made it so incredible to watch him become a vulnerable human being right in front of our eyes. And I'll never, ever, ever forget that moment. You were there, Christian, correct? The most final game at the stadium? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I've told the story numerous times and I'm gonna, I'll am tell it again because it's relevant. It, I almost didn't make it to the game because I knew Rivera was going to retire. So I went out and as soon as he announced it and I got tickets for the final home game, right? And this was before... I was engaged to my wife, but I still used to because she lived closer to where I worked than I did. So I would spend the night there and go to work in the morning. So I would pack my bag and, you know, and leave my my house and go over there. And as I'm getting ready to leave, I look at the fucking tickets and they were for the day that day. Oh, my God. I I remember this. I bought the wrong date. I bought the tickets for the second to last home game and I'm freaking out now. I'm like I remember this. I'm like I'm having a I'm having like a major panic attack right now cuz I'm like I thought I was going to this game and now I'm not and I know I'm going to go on StubHub and, and they're $5,000 and they yeah and they were going to be like 500 bucks but luckily I got a pair of tickets for like 60 bucks in the in the upper deck which was you know it's perfectly fine. Right? So major disaster averted there. Even though, like, I don't know how the hell I screwed that up. But did I, you did you go to the game before? No, too? because I was sitting at home watching it, and then I went to go grab the tickets to leave the oh. house that night. <laughs> oh my god, that is funny. So then we get there, and I'm telling you, it was the it was the weirdest feeling in the world because Yankee the Yankees were eliminated at that point. Right. Very yeah. few meaningless games at the stadium in our in our lifetime. Yeah. That was one of them. And the stadium was like a, a mortuary. You, t- you texted like, me right away. It was like it was like you were walking into a funeral home. You could it hear was, a pin drop, you it said. It was so eerie, right? And I never... And the Yankees were losing 4 nothing. I, I don't even know how I remember the score because, like, the game didn't even mean anything. I never... When we went to the... In 2017, we went to the final game of the, the season and it meant nothing and Girardi didn't even play anybody and I still remember being more attentive to that game than this game Mm -hmm. it's just like the game didn't matter and then you just and then a little little by little starting around in like the fifth inning the Yankee Stadium started to wake up a little bit just a little bit you would hear a little chatter a little buzz and then it because it became like when is Mariano gonna get into this game when is Mariano gonna get into this game and then uh, either the Yankees were either I forget when he actually warmed up because he came in in the eighth. It was either when the Yankees were batting in the seventh or you know in between innings. He when he hit the mound, 
it was like the it was I I never experienced like just a rush of adrenaline in a stadium like that before when people actually saw him hit the mound because it was like yes now it's happening hit the mound in the bullpen in the bullpen yeah because when he was warming up because then you knew it was about to happen right and and then it's all anybody was just people were just watching him in the bullpen throwing his warm ups and then you're like. Okay. All right, Joe. When he, and then it became like, okay, well, well, what are they gonna do? When, how are they gonna get him? Blah blah blah. This, that, and the other thing. And then he finally, you see Girardi go to the mound, and the f- place exploded. <laughs> and then Enter Sandman hit, and it was like a fucking rock concert. Everybody, and I'm telling you, you could have had no clue who Metallica was, and you were singing along to that song at that moment. It was um, it was incredible, and again, I couldn't even. T- it was just like the anticipation of of him getting on the bullpen mound and then walking in that one last time, and then it was just like I couldn't even tell you how he got his outs. <laughs> you just remember, just like just knowing that you were watching something for the last time, and then when Jeter and Pettit came out to get him, it was like forget it. All of a sudden, like it got really like it Tears. got it got really dusty in there, Tears and I think you. somebody was cutting, cutting onions a bunch next of to onions. me. Ah, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, before I go into, are you are you done with your story? I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm just it, it was just like I said, just to go from first of all thinking you had tickets to realizing you bought tickets at the wrong game. To then having just, just a roller coaster of, and then just having that switch of emotions. Like, have you ever been? In, in the stadium where it was like that dead. No, never to me. Never have I been in a in packed stadium. stadium nonetheless. Yeah, and there was, I wouldn't say it, it wasn't sold out like Jeter's final game was, but it was still probably 95% full because people knew it was Rivera's last game. To, to have 40 plus thousand people in a stadium to be that dead, like you were going to, like, there's the only thing I can compare it to is like you were at a funeral home. I've seen more lively funerals than it was leading up to that. And then just the, the rush and the build, the anticipation, and then how Yankee Stadium turned into a Metallica concert. It was it was incredible. Well, before I go into my Moe's final game story, which definitely doesn't uh, come close to yours, but I want to tell it. I want to ask you, because you were at both Jeter and Moe's final games, not in a sense of importance to you, because I know Jeter's like your favorite of all time. Just being there, raw emotion, which Derek night Jeter. it was. Because when you walked into Yankee Stadium on Derek Jeter's final game, it had a playoff atmosphere to it in the stadium. And the way it ended. And the way it ended. It was a playoff game to us and everyone there. Um, so I had a fundraiser for my aunt that night. And she was battling breast cancer. She's healthy now thank god um but by the time it got towards the end of the game everyone knew what the night what this game meant to me and i didn't want to leave where i was because of the importance of the fundraiser and everything going on every single person looked at me and said go home (laughs) right now mind you It wasn't like go home and that's it. It was go home and I was going to come back. And it was about 25 minute drive, 20 minute drive. So I think in about the fifth or sixth inning, I drove home, got on my couch. You were there, right? You were, you were home, I think. And just watching that game, I was actually glad 
I wasn't at the stadium because of when Jeter and Mo, uh, Jeter and Pettit came out. I got a different experience where, yeah, I'm sure yours was 10 times better being there, but I got to actually see up close the raw emotion coming out of everyone on that field. And I just remember thinking the whole time, like, okay, brought him in in the eighth, and then I'm going, when is he going to take him out? Because he's not going to let him finish the finish the game, which was kind of tough in a sense of like, that's what he did his whole entire career was finish the game. But at the same time, if he let him finish the game, I would have been pissed. And then I remember him making that. I think it was the first or second out in the ninth. And I was like, okay, no, it was the second out because the first out, I thought it was going to be, that was it. And I was like, don't tell me he's going to let him go. And it was the second out. And I was like, all right, Joe, please come out. And then I'm watching and everyone's kind of confused. And I remember Pettit and Jeter coming out of the dugout. And I'm like, what's going on? Are they taking a mound visit? Is this even legal? It wasn't. And then you see, and props, who was it? Madden? And I'm going to. I know you hate him. As much as we hate Joe Madden, I will always respect the fucking hell out of him because. He didn't players, have to let that happen. Players on disabled list are not allowed on the field to play. And right. Jeter, and Mar- uh, Jeter and Pettit were both on the DL. And Joe Girardi and the Yankees asked Joe Madden if that was okay. And Madden said, fucking Mariano Rivera. Of <laughs> you better. Yeah. Right? And then... So I will always have that respect for Joe Madden to allow that moment to happen. There was a little bit of confusion. And then you see... Pettit kind of put that smirk on and he raises his hand call to the bullpen and you're just like could this end any more perfectly and then you see the Rays get up on the Wait, top. Wait was Pettit on the DL? I don't think Pettit was on the DL. Jeter definitely was. Jeter was. Because Pettit, Pettit was pitched a couple days later which was the last game right. of his Pettit career, was not on the DL. Which Jeter was a complete was. game in Houston which was a nice send off for him. Right. And he then Everything happened. The Rays are actually on the field as well, giving him a standing ovation. And within seconds, you just said to yourself, this couldn't end any more perfect than it is right now. Mo drops in Pettit's arms. You're balling your eyes out at home. And one person I'll give a lot of credit to who I'm, I don't mean to disrespect Michael Kay in any way, but. Michael K sometimes can talk through a moment. He's good with that most of the time, though. I'll yeah, give him that. Yeah, but he was terrible with it when Jeter had his 3,000th hit. Yes, he was, and I think he learned from it. But K was absolutely silent, and he kind of admitted the other day it was because he was just sobbing his eyes. He was oh, yeah. bawling his eyes and out. Whatever got him to be quiet. <laughs> but just the whole thing was just perfect. And I was happy at that point with not being at the stadium because of what I got to experience on TV. Who did Mariano Rivera relief in that relieve in that game? I want to say it was Batances. Dylan Batances. Who relieved Mariano Rivera? Matt Daly. Oh boy. Who are you? <laughs> Who was the catcher when Mariano Rivera got relieved? John Ryan Murphy. Yes, yep. sir. John Ryan Murphy. And it's funny because I have a Steiner collectible uh, f- frame picture of that moment. 
of when Jeter and Pettit come out to get Rivera, and then you just see giant John Ryan Murphy with this dumb fucking look on his face. Well, he said he's like, I just didn't feel like I, I even that. deserved to be on the field, like experiencing that. So you don't even know what to do at that point. You sure that wasn't Lyle Overbay that said that? <laughs> <laughs> was he playing first base in that yeah. game? Yeah. Oh, my God. Told you, I don't remember. I, I don't even remember. I, I only know that because I have the box score in front of me. How many innings? What, did he pitch He a pitched an inning and a third. He yeah. relieved. Batances got the final out in the eighth, and then he came in, got two outs in the did ninth. Did he strike anybody out? Uh, He struck out. No, that's a ground out. No, he didn't. Uh, that would have been. No, uh, you can't have I'm everything. trying to see. Hold on. Honestly, I out, ground out, ground out, pop fly. So, okay. You have a scientific poll still? Yes, I have the scientific poll now. Um, this one's still ongoing, about an hour left, but I think the results are you know, pretty set in stone here. Scientifically set in stone. It, you know, there's, this, this, is a, this is past scientific. This is beyond, yeah. way beyond. This is like NASA type shit now. <laughs> We're doctors I, now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. When you get this many votes on a poll, you're a fucking doctor now. Um, and I said, I had to preface this, and I said, I know that some people will have a bias towards John Carlos Stanton because, you know, negatively or positively because he was he's already been on the team. But if Stanton, Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado were all free agents this season... Who would you prefer the Yankees sign if the Yankees were going to sign just one of those players? I voted Harper. It's got to be Harper. But I would definitely be between Harper and Stanton. Again, I will say this. It's not because they're the better of the three. I think Machado overall is, I'm going to say, even by far the best out of all three. Just overall, it's just the need and the fit. Why would you say Harper? One, Yankees are depleted from the left side. And two, we already have a right fielder. John Carlos Stanton is a right fielder. Aaron Judge is as well. I'm very surprised by the the amount of Stanton votes. No, I'm very surprised that Harper has 54% of the vote. Yeah. I'm very surprised that John Carlos Stanton is second with 24% of the vote. And I'm very, very surprised considering all the fucking whining, bitching, and complaining people have done that <laughs> Manny Machado was third with 22% well, of the vote. Well, that's that's two factors going into that. You have a lot of people who never wanted Manny on this team to begin with. His attitude, his this, is that. They don't need to get Manny Machado. They have Miguel Andujar, so on and so forth. And then you have the guys who were going crazy that they better get Manny and now they're like kind of bitter towards him and yeah they're pissed at the Yankees and shit but they're also bitter towards Manny for not making a decision and being so silent who are voting against him now well what's the reason why you wouldn't want Harper this year it's probably because the Yankees have a lot of outfield depth to begin with so if you take shit outfield depth Okay. The depth and it's if you yeah. take Stanton you out, Stanton of, out it, of the equation, then we then, need depth. Yes, then and I'd rather have a lefty power I think, outfielder. I think that Harper is a much bigger. I've said it a thousand times. I think Harper is a much bigger need for this club than Manny Machado is. And then if you took Stanton out of the equation, he becomes an even bigger need. Right. And if you want to talk about those three guys and what playing at Yankee Stadium 81 games in a season would do to maximize their potential. 
Bryce Harper, when you think about what he could do at Yankee Stadium for that many games, I mean, he's the deadliest out of all three. You know, and I had to mute the notifications on the poll because the the team Machado people were just being so annoying. They're like, oh, I'm (laughs) I'm just upset with the results of this poll because how how could you think that you need Bryce Harper more than Manny Machado? And it's just like, "Eh, well, you know, if you (sighs) I mean, if you looked at it, you would see it. But then some somebody then responded and was like, "If you voted for anybody but Manny Machado in this poll, you never watched baseball in your life." That's, I mean, right. first of all, you meant if you didn't vote Manny Machado. What did I say? I think you said if you voted Manny Machado. Have you voted for anyone other than oh, okay. Manny Machado? Um, the the question wasn't. Who's the most talented player the Yankees could have gotten in the offseason? No, the question was... Then you could have debated that, because I think he is. No, he's, yeah, I think he's a better ball player all around than the other two guys are. But, but I don't think he fits the Yankees as well. No, the as. question was the need and who you would want them to get. And who makes this team the best, given their current state? It would be Bryce Harper. Indeed. And before we wrap up the show, the one last time we will ever have to mention this motherfucker's name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry we never take it that extreme with the cursing on the show, but But you know what? It's late. It's we're late. Feeling, you know, it's a little bit looser of a pod because uh, we're a little delirious. I couldn't think of who you're talking about, but now I get it. And <laughs> so last time we Ever, 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 ever have to ever mention his name on the show. He was given a clean bill of health, folks. He has been ridden. Is that what? what yeah, you're right, what man. Trust, trust your vocab, man. You got it. That's see, well, we're see, but you said it's late. But this is NYYST after dark. But people are gonna be listening to this shit <laughs> in the at morning. eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday, and they're like, "I think they're gonna appreciate it, motherfucker." <laughs> this motherfucker. Uh, well, don't get used to hearing that. He's though. got a clean bill of health, man. He found the only cure for bronchitis, and that's getting the hell out of the Bronx. Sunny Gray. In between uh, the last time we recorded, which, you know, there was rumblings and blah, 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 but we didn't have anything concrete when we recorded last week. And it finally became official uh, during the week that the Yankees sent his ass to Cincinnati. There is a God. (laughs) And you know what? I'm happy for him. I think he's going to do well there. But over any other emotion I'm feeling, I'm happy for us. I'm happy for the Yankees. That they have moved on from something that just clearly didn't and wasn't going to work out. The trade got held up a couple days because uh, Cincinnati requested a window to negotiate a contract extension with Sonny. And Sonny wanted to, you know, work something out there because his former college coach is now their pitching coach, I believe. So, you know, he needs every crutch available to stand on his own two feet, this guy. Um <laughs> So Sonny's gonna play 2019 for whatever. What did he get? Seven and a half million dollars in arbitration. He's gonna, and then starting in 2020, he agreed to a three-year, thirty and a half million dollar extension, which ten million dollars a year. I mean, he probably could have beat that in the open market. But to his, you know, he's going to a place where apparently he wants to go. There's no pressure on him. You know, you know, uh, his mental fragility won't be tested. 
in Cincinnati because eight people will be at the ballpark every night. So yeah, but could he have beaten that in the open market? Lance because, Lynn, he's a better pitcher than Lance yeah, Lynn. Yeah, but Lance Lynn got the same contract. Yeah, but if mm-hmm. Sonny Ray goes out there and shits the bed the entire season for the Yankees, let's just say that was the case. He were to stay with the Yankees, have his same role, shit the bed, whatever. Right, Lance Lynn pitched to a six year array last year and still got the same contract. Why don't you just let me get to my point? Okay, get okay. to your point. Okay. The reason why Sonny Gray had some type of leverage in this move was because he was still being backed by uh, Brian Cashman, where there were st- it wasn't Sonny Gray negotiating all this to begin with with the Reds. Whereas if he hits the open market. Don't the Reds have more leverage in that sense of saying, like, look, this guy just pitched how many years? Less leverage. Sonny Gray has less no, leverage. No, Sonny Gray has teams to play against each other if he's on the open market. But he still had teams to play against each other Who? in this in no, this sense. Other teams were interested, though. Yeah, but he's only negotiating a contract with the Reds. Yeah, the I Reds. get that. So the Yankees could, so the Yankees and Reds could have said, okay, well, he's not going to send, uh, he's not going to sign this extension. We're going to pull back the draft pick. But, or, or the Yankees could have moved, sent him to a different team. But there was also a mental buildup on the red side of waiting to acquire him. And, and there became like more of a, a dog race, it seemed like, of what offers were going to be best for him. I feel like that all that hype to get him, yeah, might have been, you know, unrealistic, but it gave him a little bit more leverage at no, that I don't point. Think so. I, think I think if he, he goes into the open market as a piece of shit that couldn't do anything been, right in New York, he would have been traded somewhere regardless. Think about how much Brian Cashman, as much as he put him down, talked him up to other markets. Yeah, and he would have went somewhere this year, even without an extension, and pitched well, and he could have gotten more than $10 million on the open market. He's a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. Even if he sucked this year, he's still a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. And Lance Lynn got the same exact contract. So you can't tell me that Sonny Gray couldn't have beaten that. And also, this he's was... younger. There was a few decent starting pitchers available in free agency this year. Who knows what the market's going to look like next year? Well, it's the biggest... It's going to be one of the biggest markets ever. So Sonny got a... He's also got a club extension for $12 million for 2023. Good for him. Fuck you. Goodbye. Bye. Let's, uh, let's talk about what the Yankees got in the deal here. The Yankees got... Uh, Infield prospect Shed Long, and the uh, it's the thirty. I can't. I I thought I had it written down. It's like the thirty first, the thirty sixth pick in the draft, and you're only allowed to trade what they call competitive balance picks, is picks that you get uh, as compensation for losing a free agent or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah, or something like that. Something weird. Um, so the Yankees got the 36th pick in the draft, and then Shed Long was a guy that profiled as a good offensive second baseman, but didn't have much of a glove. Now, he would have been Major League ready either this year or next year, but then the Yankees turned around and traded him to the Seattle Mariners for Stowers. Josh, I don't know. I guess Stowers, Stowers, Stowers. Stowers however you want to say it. Stowers, Stowers. We'll call him Stowers. Who's apparently a much better prospect. He's also, uh, he was the 54th pick in uh, the last year's draft, so the 2018 draft. And in, uh, let me read this here. In low A ball for in Seattle's, uh, in the Seattle Mariners uh, organization, in 244 plate appearances, he had 20 extra base hits, 28 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, 260 batting average, but a nice 
380 on base. So you always want to see the 100% gap in between batting average mm-hmm. and on yeah. base, which was nice. He's got a little pop in his bat, and he's got got some speed. Why did the Yankees make this deal? A lot of speculation was that it just seemed like Cashman was doing something else. But if the Yankees kept Shed long, he would have had to been placed on the 40-man roster because he was right. on... Cincinnati's 40-man. Stowers mm-hmm. is not need to be put on the 40-man roster, so it was just a trade to get uh, space on the 40-man roster hmm. because that space sense. that was created by trading Sonny Gray was taken up when they made the Adam Adovino deal official. Right. I have just a final thought yeah, what's I want to throw out there. Did the Yankees get enough for Sonny Gray? Oh, yeah. I Come on. I mean, at this point... There's no line. Just get something. I think they did a good job. I think getting the 36th pick in the draft this year and getting last year's 54th pick in the draft, even though these are not players that are going to help you anytime soon, they're still valuable assets. Yeah, they call it a competitive balance pick. I just said that five minutes ago. Thanks for paying attention. Well, I was looking up (laughs) He's doing his job, bro. Don't put him down. My final thought on all this... So back, just let me finish my thought real quick. Back to anybody that said that the Yankees weren't going to get anything of use for Sonny Gray. I was right on that because whether or not you think that these guys will turn into anything, getting the 36th pick and the 54th pick in the draft for Sonny Gray turned out to be a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah. For a guy that you only you only had for under control for one more year. So right. I think they did. It wasn't You're not blown away by it, but still they didn't walk away with Ugats. Right. My final thought on everything kind of goes back to our debate on, you know, what Sonny Gray could have done in the open market and everything like that. We are in a very weird time in baseball right now where the two biggest players, 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 sliders of our time at the age that they they are at being in the open market are still struggling to find the contract that they want. We are in a weird time where no player no player wants to be a free agent anymore because they are truly scared of what's going to happen. And at the same time, that causes any free agent to want the longest contract possible to never have to hit the open market again. Yet these owners aren't going to budge, or at least they really haven't. So in that aspect, I don't think Sonny Gray wanted to risk that. And the phrase, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Maybe Sonny Gray didn't want to see what he would get in the open market. He's locked up for four more years. Right. So, I mean, he's got a little stability there. I understand that. So, really, in that sense, I think it was smart of him to take any deal that was going to be more than three years. Who wants to have the honor of mentioning his name the final time on the NYY Sports Talk podcast? I think it should be you, man. I think you've been really eaten up over this. That you've had. This to, is it, though. We never mention this name on the show again, ever, ever. We'll call him something else if we have to if talk he, about him. If in that motherfucker, twenty twenty. If twenty twenty, if the Yankees play the Reds and he pitches against the Reds, against the Yankees, uh, yeah, against the Yankees, then we'll we'll have to refer to him as that guy. That, that could, guy. That guy. That guy. So this the the mark it down right now. This is the final time you will ever hear the name Sonny Gray on the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Deal done. I feel like a weight 
was lifted, has been lifted. I feel like I lost 212 pounds. Well, you, wouldn't ex- you, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> no, I, I Is that um, how much who weighs? Sonny Gray. <gasps> Sonny Gray. Oh, son of a bitch. No. You said his name again. You no. son of a bitch. You tricky son of a bitch. Wow. I caught you. That was the final time. Wow. You slipped. I did the whole thing in son of a bitch rye. Wow. That's an SOB rye. SOB. SOB guy rye. <laughs> we can't do pods this late at night. No, we curse come way on, too much. You two curse way too much. I, I love it. Dropped. I think we should. I personally like the cursing because it came naturally tonight, given our state of mind. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I curse. <laughs> I curse. Up. <laughs> All right, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, it's really late. Even hopefully you're listening to this really early. Either way, we have crust in our eyes. You might have crust in your eyes. I never have crust in my eyes. Oh yeah, you one of those guys? Yep. Okay. All right. I got a little crust in my eyes right now. <laughs> a, little cr- <laughs> a little crust in my throat. <laughs> we want to thank you for listening to episode 97 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, for not having a lot to talk about, these pods the last couple of weeks just seem to be they're, mm. they're running long. They're raw. We let it all out. So thank you for listening to this week's show. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Five stars. Five. Subliminal message. Five mm. stars. Love this podcast. It's your favorite podcast. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's that guy, right? Mariana Rivera. 652 saves, 2.21 career ERA, a .70 postseason ERA, a one-time World Series MVP, five-time World Series champion, best adjusted ERA of all time, minimum 1,000 innings pitch, has the second lowest whip all time, minimum 1,000 innings pitch, and he holds the all-time postseason record for games played, consecutive scoreless innings, saves, ERA, and WPA, which stands for wins probability added. Congrats, Mo. And go Yanks. All right, good night, nerd. Chris! Say goodbye. Woo!